Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on following the word, living the word, and doing the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. Let's turn our Bible to the um, second book of Corinthians. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. I use this scripture a lot. Um, just in my daily walk. So 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14. Malcolm, would you mind reading um, 2 Corinthians 7, 14? Reading out the NIV version. There you go. Which reads, I had boasted to him about you, and you have not embarrassed me. But just as everything we said to you was true, so our boasting about you to Titus has proved to be true as well. Verse 15 says, and his affliction for you is all greater when he remembers that you were all obedient, receiving him with fear and trembling. There is, you know, we're, we've been talking about the acronym of promise and we went through some things and, you know, we've been talking about, I, I, I've listened to Apostle Kai, I've heard the message and the instructions, which I thought was absolutely from heaven. Um, for those who were able to reach out, um, if, if the Lord put you put you to call me about that place and space of maturity, I thank you for that. Um, and please understand, Pastor Alex will be as honest as he possibly can to the point where I believe even if I disappoint because of my approach or because of my heart, my prayer is that God will comfort you even in the things that I say that may not totally agree with what your flesh wants to hear. And I say that because, you know, the thing about the word is that it has to get through a lot of layers before it gets to the place where it really needs to get to, right? This is why Paul said, I, you know, I fight daily because there's a spiritual man and a natural man who's going at it all the time. Why? Because the spirit man wants to really take over, take reign. Why? That's the image of God. And the natural man is just fighting because of what he sees, what he feels, what he takes, all those things. And so my prayer is always that whatever I share with you as pastor, and one of the things um, that gives me freedom, and please understand when I say this, is that, you know, in this fellowship, you know, we don't, we don't talk about membership. You know, we don't, we don't have you sign and, and, and say you're a part of, the moment you say yes to Christ, welcome to the family, right? And so it does a couple of things. Number one, it allows you to understand real freedom in God because I've watched too many people who have been orchestrated by a denomination that literally conducts their lives. Like they can't function without the denomination. They can't function without the, 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 the order of their church. And a lot of these individuals are really, really not in a good place spiritually. Only because you can lose focus immediately once you allow God's word to actually take a back step from the individual who's given it. It is a privilege and an honor to be a minister of the gospel and for God to reveal his revelation through us so that we can actually really help assist others. And this is why I'm so proud to be pastor of this particular ministry, because we spend time in the word. Not just that, but we spend time with one another. 
which means don't tell me to mind my business when you're all in my business, right? Family says, no, this is what we do. This is how we come together. This is how we build. This is how we demonstrate love. And, and you know, we don't just do ministry. We do life together. So one of the things I wanted to kind of press on is one of probably one of the smallest words in English vocabulary, right? And the reason why I wanted to read this particular scripture is because I wanted us to understand, first of all, our position, who we are, right? And I love the way verse 15 says, and his afflictions for you is all the greater when he remembers that you were all obedient, receiving him with fear and trembling. And this is what I share with people all the time. The greatest emotion, as much as people want to say, the greatest emotion is love. It's not. It's not. The greatest emotion is fear. And as much as we try to pull away from that, nothing grips your life and my life more than fear. Why? Because even love makes you comfortable to the point where you won't even respond when it's present. But fear will always keep you on your toes. Fear will always keep you on the lookout. Fear will always keep you attentive to everything because that type of emotion causes you to give reverence to the very thing you're looking out for. And this is why scripture teaches us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the, it's the reverence, it's the understanding. When you were a kid and you were hanging out with the wrong crowd, the reason why we were hesitant, some of us slipped, some of us went with the crowd, but some of us had an opportunity to think about it and say, if my parents were ever to find out what I'm about to get into, it was that fear that stopped you from stepping into some things. And this is why as a people of God, as, as a family, we have to understand because God has all eyes on all of us, it should cause us to be a little hesitant. So this is the word in the English grammar and especially in this word of God. And I've shared this once before. That word in the Bible is if, I-F. That word alone right? There's a scripture in the Bible where he talks about, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, pray, turn from their wicked ways, then if is always followed by real revelation, because the if is the pause to allow you to, and I to decide whether we're going to move forward with after what's going to be said. That makes sense? So let, let me just define it a little bit more. The word if is an interesting word only because it's probably one of the most important words throughout scripture. And I'm going to explain that. The promises of God are not without conditions. The word if is literally a word to position us to make decisions, right? And the great thing about that word if is that if is a now word, if is a past word, if is a present word, it's a future word, right? Depending on how it's used, when you really read scripture and you understand that when God talked about in the Old Testament, and let me put something in your ear, please understand when Jesus came on the scene, that word if was utilized in the New Testament just as much. And we know the New Testament is not as big as the Old Testament, but it's used just as much because Jesus 
was one who used that word if often. 1600 times throughout scripture, that word used, is used if. In the New Testament alone, it's used almost 600 times. It lets you know how often Jesus gave us, gave his disciples a, 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 an order to what it is that was going to take place. If you do something, this is the result. And this is why I love that word, because it speaks to whatever space or place you're actually in. Think about that. And so I sat there and I had to spend a little bit of time with it, because if it's defined as a conditional cause, in the event that, if is just in case something happens, here's a word that causes you to make a decision about that space. Does that make sense? If is so powerful because it causes you to make a decision about your ins and your outs, your stays and your goals, your maybes and your yes. The, if is defined as allowing us, because this is what real love does, Real love allows us the if. And this is why the word of God is so powerful, because even in his commandments, he's still loving us to the point where he allows us to choose and make decisions because if is going to allow you. And this is what I share for those of us who've been part of this ministry for some time. One of the things I often share and it gives me freedom, is that when people tell me, Pastor Alex, God has called me to this, this is what I'm going to do, this, I've never questioned anyone who ever came to me and said, God said, whether it is to expand the business, leave the ministry, um, 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 move here, whatever the case is, I always tell people, please understand that if you're hearing from God, this is what I know about God. The Bible says that his word will sometimes return void. Mm -mm. His word will once in a while be off. Mm -mm. The Bible teaches me that the word of God will never return void. So if you're telling me what God said, as a child of his, I have a right to hold on because there has to be truth and evidence to what you said. So my response, as people know, when they come and they share with me, I say, here's my response to that. Whether I agree or disagree, if it's God, I will know it. If it's not God, I will know it. Why? Because the thing about truth, it presents itself in such a way that it kills the ifs, right? The moment truth shows up, there is no if. This is why either the word of God is true for you or it's something you're challenged with. Because there's nothing in scripture that can't give an answer to anything we're going through this side of earth. I don't care what it is or how it is. And I believe that the reason why he allows us to keep understanding and getting this is because when he got on that cross and he took on everything, that he said to his father, I love my people so much. I know you love your children. I'm willing to take every bit of whatever they've done and get on this cross. Think about that. Think about just the sacrifices made and still allows us to choose whether it is or whether we want to receive him or not. 
we're spending a lot of time on things that are so mm, direct to us, clear to us. It can't even explain itself any clearer, but love can distort even where we're going in on mission because you gotta be careful to not put yourself in a position of someone or something greater than God. I will have no other God before me. You can't love your family more than me. You can't love your daughter more than me. You can't love your child more than me. You can't love your mama more than And those are the things that are really difficult as we sit on this side because these very emotions that he gives us is the very emotions we try to give back to God and say, well, God, because you gave me this, make me feel better now. Because you've done this, let me get into this now. Because I know you care for me. Let me and, and we forget that that if clause works on both sides. If you endure this pain, I'll put you here. Right? Because I think a lot of times we only look to God to lean in that place of comfort. And he says, but all things need to work together. I need you just a little bit longer to feel this because what you don't know is someone has their eyes on you waiting to see how you get out so that they have an out for themselves. And I know it. I know how difficult it is to get on the cross and give it to people who were the same ones that said they loved you, the same ones who allowed you to come into the city and say Hosanna, the same ones who watch you do signs and miracles are the same ones that won't stop when they're driving them nails into your wrist, driving them nails into your feet, driving them, because the reality is this, we have to bypass past, what we're seeing, what we're getting caught into emotionally, because even that is giving us something to think about. And before we know it, we can get wrapped up in something that God is saying, can you trust me even in that fire? Can you trust me in that disappointment? Can you trust the fact that I know what you can't see right now? I'm actually setting up for two generations before you. And so these are the things that's hard because we have no full understanding of what this life is going to bring. The reason why I don't want to spend a lot of time in watching the news is because the news spoil my good news. It, it, it really does. Because in actuality, I've never seen the news give me something that's good for my spirit. Outside of trying to figure out what the weather is. And even that, they hate being called weather because if you don't call them meteorologists and the running joke was they're weathermen because they don't know whether or not it's going to happen. But the reality is this, we understand that if we be careful with our eye gates, remember these are all gates, right? This is a gate, this is a gate, this is a gate. If we're careful about that, then a lot of these things, a lot of the things that are presenting themselves to us will have to literally wait for us to get to them. Let me tell you about the greatness of our posture, right? The greatness of our obedience of children of God is that when we step into a place, the place literally has to make the adjustments for our arrival. Why? Because if you know the child of a king, if the king couldn't make it, but the child of the king is walking in, I guarantee you the room has to make room for your presence. We're making too many adjustments in rooms. First of all, we have to consider whether it's supposed to be there or not. I have some conversations with, with, with some of you guys who reached out, and there's some great, great growth 
in a lot of the things. I can never speak about something I can't see all the time, right? But one of the things I'm always paying attention to, I'm paying attention to how people speak. Because your speech is going to tell me all about you. The way you talk about life, the way you talk about family, the way you talk, why? Because life and death, it resides right here. So a lot of times when you're speaking and the woe is me come out, and then, and again, you know, I, I, we're all gonna experience some moments, but when I hear that too often, my assistance can assist you more then what I can preach to you about a God who loves you far more than me. But let me tell you about the if clause. So if clause, if it's defined as a conditional cause, it causes anything to move in the moment, whether it's now, past, present, future, right? So everything about your existence and my existence is all about what are we gonna do with this if? And this is, I said, but God, you know, I know it's such a small word. I know it's all throughout scripture, but define to me, define to your son, because there's some things sometimes may be simple to somebody, but becomes very difficult for me, God. I need you to just give me what you're saying to me in that if. And this is what he said to Alex Panetta. He says, if is to identify fully. Because the reality is, if causes you to make a decision, when you can identify your decision to fully be truth, then it's easy to move in whatever arena you need to move in. The problem is that the if causes us to lean because we don't have a full understanding either on one side or the other. Making sense? So if there's a struggle with the if, then you're giving me power because I'm going to watch you. Here's the great thing about the enemy. The enemy is not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. But let me tell you what makes him so powerful. It's almost like we give him the signs to become omniscient, right? We give him the signs to become omnipresent because all he can do is actually watch us. And by the way, I'm not even going to talk about this part. You know, he still has to get permission from the father to actually deal with us. But yeah, that, that's something else to step into. But he watches, he observes, and then he sees the movement. Why? Because everything about the enemy is he wants to bully, right? And this is what I tell people about bullies. Bullies are people who find ways to affect you and they get victory out of it. So you're in the classroom, the bully, he shoots spitballs at you. If spitballs work, he is not going to change his tactic concerning you, right? The moment he realizes that, you know what? I'm not even playing with these spitballs no more. The moment you make him make an adjustment in his bullying is the moment you win. Why? Because he has to spend another cycle of trying to figure you out and knowing how to come at you the, the, next, the next wave of your life. And this is why it hurts my heart to see people of God so defeated when in actuality, what we're giving him his is permission to come into an arena because there's an invite, right? Because we forgot that if clause. We forgot that if we are going through this and lean, again, the scripture is clear. 
spent time. The reason why we studied to show ourselves approved, what's approved? Anything approved means it has a stamp. Anything approved means it can't be contradicted. Anything approved says I can't bring forgery because there's already the stamp that it needs. And I'm looking at the people and the body of Christ running around here confessing and believing and trusting, and I see no stamp of his approval. Why? Because without the stamp, you can't go anywhere. Uh, we talked about this. The reality is this. If you want to travel, somebody got to give you permission to do so. So the reason you can write that letter out, that's all fine and good. You want to get from New York to California, you have to put it in the envelope, but the envelope ain't good enough. You're going to have to send it somewhere to make sure they got to check the weight on it. Uh, I can step on some things right there because the fact of the matter is, what are we carrying? What's our weight when it comes to the things of God? The, the heaviness of what we bring to a space. And God is like, you know what? I'm trying to get this there to California, but you ain't even got enough money because this is a 50 pound envelope you need me to ship or 50 pound box you need me to ship. It's going to cost you too much. But when our load is light, Right. We just go there and we say, no, this is what we need to get there. They'll put a 50 cent stamp, whatever. And just as quickly, because we can afford it, we can see it take off. And the thing about that is there's a comfort that comes along with it, because we know when we went through the right carrier, it's going to arrive where it's supposed to arrive. You don't cut corners to get something to someone else that you really want them to have. Sometimes we overnight it because we don't even like waiting that long. Ah, but the overnight bill is a little different when you do just a simple. The, and those are the things that God is saying, Alex, I understand I, my biggest struggle in watching my people is because they don't identify fully with me. And let me tell you one of the biggest things that Pastor Alex has to struggle with is because I don't know how to spread this hype. Right. It's almost like you ever just sat in the midst of someone and really try to explain to them the excitement of what was going on, but they never showed up to the party. So you got to explain everything about the party. There's no excitement there because they can't really feel what you're feeling. And what I'm watching in the body of Christ is that we're trying to entertain and build people up out of a place that they're not even seeking excitement for themselves. So what do we do? We gather ourselves together. We do two, three days together. We ha-rah-rah. We sha-cha-cha. We do all these things for what? To try to figure out a next time to do it again. And when I look at real community and when I look at real, I look at it, I say they operate just a little bit differently. They actually come together to create that excitement. They don't make a place of excitement and then draw people to it. No, it's their lifestyle that draws them together. It's their lifestyle that says we don't want nobody else in our community. It's our lifestyle to say, no, we're going to build this and we're going to build that and we're going to call it our own. What's happening to us? Are we so trapped in our own lives? Are we so caught up in our own ways? Who are we? And this is why it was difficult for me. And without getting into detail, you know, because I believe that God used Apostle Kai in such a magnificent way. But that was something real deep she laid on, y'all. Because for those, and again, for those who reached out, it's difficult sometimes because here's the thing. I can give you growth and praise and things that I know, but you know far greater than me those areas that you need to spend more time with. 
those areas. And, and here's the thing, and please understand, Pastor Alex meant this for those who are at the merge. One of the things I've said, and I, I, I continue to say to this day, and I thank my God for, because as much as I love him, as much as I want to do his will, there are some things that interrupt, disrupt, and I thank him because I told him, I say, God, I just want to thank you for covering the weakness in my witness. Because while I was still preaching your word, there was some pain going on on the inside of me. While I was still sharing, sometimes I didn't feel what I was sharing. God, I thank you. And he looks and he looks down and he says, Ali, you don't know, but I promise you, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through. Thank you for continuing to speak that word. And he, he has to, it blows my mind because God loves us in such a way. It, it pauses me to be his kid, right? because I'm so limited to so much, but this is what he does. He just doesn't do it in the spiritual. He actually do it in the natural. I'm doing a work I am disqualified for. I'm making money that my, 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 my position doesn't qualify for. I'm living a life that far exceeds this New Jersey kid who just wanted to keep loving God and whatever simple life I was going to live, but he keeps blowing my mind. He keeps building it up. And then I'm watching him allow me to participate with those who I can lock, walk alongside of and watch them go through the same thing. And I say this, and I say this often, and anyone on the screen could challenge me. Yes, Pastor Alex go through some moments. Yes, Pastor, but I promise you, Pastor Alex loves his life. Pastor Alex, I keep telling people, I don't know what life you live, but no one on this screen can tell me that their life is better than mine in Christ. Why? This is my way of making my, like, I really, really enjoy my life. But every day of my life, there's an if clause. Every day of my life, I have to identify fully with who he is. Because life is going to continue to do. And one of the things I've been sharing with people is what is going to do it? Pastor, what are you saying? Answer the question. And I know I, I say it twice and I tell them, what is going to move you? And sometimes they get stuck because they don't know how to respond. I say, well, let me give it to you in scripture. What shall separate you from the love of God? It's a question we all need to ask ourselves because there are times that things consume us more than his love. Situations grip us more than his word. And he said, Alex, there's a reason why that word if. I, I, I 1,673 times it's given in the English Standard Version. It's like 1,200 times in the King James, but like that word is so powerful because it spoke volumes and it gave people an opportunity to either step into something that far exceeds anything they can even comprehend or choose to stay where you are and die there. That if is a question you and I have to ask ourselves, not just daily, but throughout the day. Because people are gonna come to steal your if. People are gonna come to, to disrupt your if. Because if they can make themselves the priority of your moment, then they got you. They got you. 
if they can cause fear to rise up against you as much as you love God, they will win. You can love with everything in you. The moment fear comes into the equation, I promise you love takes a back seat because it can't compete what takes all of your attention. And that's what fear does. It grips our very being. So we might as well use it to our advantage to understand that scripture teaches us the fear, the fear of the Lord. That's the reverence, the fear uh, of, of trusting, the fear of believing, the fear of knowing all these things that God wants us to just tap into and fully immerse ourselves in. It's the message I will continue to preach because it's the message I actually live to the best of my ability. And my prayer is that anytime there's a presentation of Alex Panetta, not pastor, Alex Panetta, if you stand in it, my prayer is that you hear his joy. My prayer is that my life isn't inconsistent. My prayer is that, yeah, even if you see me in the midst of something, there's something that you saw where the joy of the Lord was there. Something that was there for you to just take a, wow, you know, that, that's kind of deep. Because trust and believe, I don't have the power to get me through those moments. I don't. But I do know who does. And his response back to me is always, well, Alex, if. Alex, if. If you identify fully with what I'm telling you, I promise you the end result is going to be that you win. Any questions, comments, concerns? Thank you for joining us for another episode of the KHOW podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla at gmail.com. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.